Y'all get ready to put y'all up on some y'all extraordinary time. People have the power. All we have to do is awaken the power in the people. Welcome to the Oracle Frequency Podcast. My name is Brian, and on this episode, we are going to look into the business deals that Donald Trump's lost since announcing that he'd run for president, and specifically, since he made his comments about Mexicans being rapists and proposing a ban on all Muslims. Now, top strategists in the Trump campaign last summer came out and said that in the early meetings, Donald Trump's campaign wasn't looking to win the election or be the nominee or anything close. They were actually looking for about six to eight months of marketing to promote Donald Trump and Donald Trump's brand. And then around the time of the Iowa caucuses, they were hoping to be in second place and then be able to bow out respectfully and graciously. And if that worked, he would have gotten six to eight months of free publicity, free media, and there's a chance that his brand and that his companies would make an extra 5, 10, 20% based on this extra media exposure. And one would hope if you're Donald Trump, uh, a positive bump in sales. You, you would hope that this uh, six months of campaigning reflected on your brand positively and therefore you would make more money. And that sounds like Donald Trump. It sounds like something he would do and, and insiders, strategists in his campaign actually have come forward and admitted this. But I think when we go over just how drastic these deals that he's lost are and how much they cost him and how important they were to him, I think you're going to see that this has backfired on an epic level. And on a daily basis now, we're, we're only in June, but on a daily basis now, when you see Donald Trump have these meltdowns, I would argue that part of the reason that these meltdowns are happening are because all of these little deals and all of these little knocks against his brand have happened for the last year now to where if he doesn't win the election, he is going to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now, this podcast is going to be part of maybe a three or four part series. I don't know exactly how long it's going to be yet, but we're going to look into Donald Trump's assets and net worth and uh, basically just see how much he's exaggerating uh, how much money he has. Now, places like Forbes estimate that he's worth $4.6 He says 10 Bloomberg says 2 point something. He says 10 uh, As a matter of fact, there's really never been uh, a clear-cut answer to this because for 33 years, he has exaggerated how much money he makes, how much money he has. He's exaggerated how valuable his properties are. For instance, 40 Wall Street, that it was uh, reported in 1995 that he bought it for $10 million. He tried to sell this property in 2003 for $300 million. And real estate people in New York City actually laughed at him and said, what are you doing? There's no way this property sells for $300 million. So then, of course, it didn't sell for $300 million. And the following year, on The Apprentice, Donald Trump said that he bought that same property for $1 million instead of $10 million that had been reported on eight years earlier. So now he's gotten the property for less, and that property that he couldn't sell for $300 million, this is 40 Wall Street, he said was worth $400 then. So a year after he was laughed at and couldn't sell it for $300 million, he's now quoting that it's $400 million. And it gets even better. Two years after that, CNBC did a special report on billionaires 
And in that episode, just two years after he had said 400 million, he tells CNBC that the same building is worth $600,000. Sorry, $600 million. So it goes from paying 10 to only paying one. So he got a better deal is what, what he's trying to, to perceive. And then at the same time, instead of it being worth less than 300, what he couldn't sell it for in a three-year period, that same value of the property was up over 600 million. So it doubled out of thin air. And that's what Donald Trump does. Forbes magazine has been tracking his net worth for years. And they say that uh, typically whatever Donald tells you, divide by three and then recalculate uh, for that uh, at that point, and then you'll get a close number to what it's worth. Now, <clears throat> some of the bigger deals that Donald Trump's lost, and I really don't think people have grasped this entire event because he's lost a lot of business. So let's get into it. First of all, we have Macy's. Now, Donald Trump's signature tie collection and shirt collection have been found inside Macy's stores for years. It is the place where most of his sales go down as far as his clothing line. He also has deals with Amazon.com and Overstock.com, but the majority, an overwhelming majority, is done through Macy's. Now, Donald Trump has been in Macy's commercials. Donald Trump has had uh, events uh, uh, coordinated with Macy's, the company. And even two years ago, people petitioned Macy's to fire Trump after he made sexist comments and denied climate change. And at that time, Macy's CEO, Terry Lundgren, uh, defended Trump, saying that ours is a free society composed of a wide range of viewpoints. So they were unwilling to cut ties with him after denying climate change and making sexist remarks only two years ago. But after the comments he made about uh, Mexicans being rapists and criminals, Macy said the following, We are disappointed and distressed by recent remarks about immigrants from Mexico. We do not believe... The disparaging characterizations portray an accurate picture of the many Mexicans, uh, Mexican-Americans and Latinos who have made so many valuable contributions and success to our nation, they said in a statement. So just two years after they were willing to defend him, they cut ties very quickly and crisply, and now Donald Trump's clothing line will not be sold in Macy's. Now, in the whole scheme of things, it may not be that big of a deal, but as we'll get to uh, a little bit later... People are also protesting Amazon uh, to try to get the remaining products and books that he, have, he has for sale on Amazon off of there as well. Now, one of the next companies that were quick to get uh, to sever ties with Donald Trump was the mattress manufacturer, Serta, S-E-R-T-A, Serta. Now, Serta is the largest uh, U.S. manufacturer of mattresses, and it said that it would end relationships with Donald Trump after he made these same comments about Mexican immigrants. The company says that it sells a Trump home brand mattress, and it won't renew its licensing agreement with the billionaire when it expires. Uh, Serta values diversity and does not agree with or endorse the recent statements made by Mr. Trump, the company said in a statement. Serta is in the process of unwinding our relationship. So his clothing line, gone, or at least taking a very big hit from its uh, you know, biggest partner. A mattress line, uh, a brand, um, a line of mattresses that he has with the number one manufacturer of mattresses in the company, over, they don't want any part of it anymore. 
Now, again, another one of these situations that was really quick to uh, fall on him uh, regarded the Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss Teen USA pageants that Donald Trump was an owner uh, of from 1995 on. From 1995 until 2015, Donald Trump ran these pageants. He's well uh, known for doing so. He's been associated with them. You always see the pictures of him with all the models from around the world on his arms, out on the tarmac, on the runway. I mean, it, Miss USA, Miss uh, Universe are things that Donald Trump have just has just become synonymous with. It's one of the things he's been the most proud of and talks about the most before birtherism, before he got into politics. It was, uh, it was a big deal to him. Now, when he made these comments, obviously, at something like Miss Universe, you've got people from all around the world watching and television uh, companies and um, contestants from all around the world are going to be part of this that you're offending when you say that people of certain uh, races or countries or nationalities, etc., are are criminals and racists just on uh, your assumption alone. So one of the first ones to cut ties was Univision. Univision is the largest Spanish language television in the United States. And in response to these comments, Univision said it would not air last year's 2015 Miss, Miss USA pageant. Uh, and it would also sever ties with Miss Universe organization that was owned co-owned by Donald Trump at that time. And their statement was, at Univision, we see firsthand the work ethic, love for family, strong religious values, and important role Mexican immigrants and Mexican-Americans have and will continue to have in the building of the future of our company. Now, Trump responded by suing them. It went to court. It was uh, undisclosed and settled outside of court. But Univision said that they would not show it on television. At the same time, NBC Universal, who showed it in the United States, the main broadcast partner of these pageants, also announced that they were going to uh, close ties with Donald Trump, in ties with Donald Trump over this. They received over 200,000 signatures in the days following these statements, and they cited the reason uh, of the statement about Mexican immigrants as the reason for ending the relationship. So again, this is another big brand, big company, billion dollar empire, severing ties with Donald Trump over his uh, Mexican immigrants and uh, rapist comments. Now, Reels Digital Cable ended up broadcasting the show, but Donald Trump ended up selling his share in his beauty pageants last year. Uh, so now Donald Trump does not own these pageants anymore. And at one point, he valued them at close to $15 million. Now, we don't know what he sold them for and what he got in return. Maybe he got way more than that. Maybe he got it a little undervalued. Maybe he had already overvalued it. But these weren't the only places in uh, regarding to the pageants where you know negative events happened. Essentially, all of the con the the entertainers, the judges, the people that had been involved in these pageants for years single-handedly started dropping out one by one, saying that they refused to be part of a pageant after what Donald Trump said. These are judges that had been on the panels for years, uh, people close to the organization. Even the rapper Flo Rida was scheduled to perform and canceled his performance because of the things Donald Trump said. So, as of July 12th of that year, they had no host to do the show. 
The Mexican media company Televista uh, said that they would not show or participate uh, in the uh, Miss Universe pageant. They said they were severing their ties because of these same comments with Mexican immigrants. And any commercial relationship with the Miss Universe pageant and the companies of Trump organization is completely unacceptable, the company said. And it also said that they were going to remove their country's contestant from the Miss USA pageant, meaning that Miss Mexico would not be involved anymore uh, as long as Trump, Donald Trump stayed involved with the company. And this is why eventually he ended up having to sell it and get rid of it. Um, <clears throat> now, in uh, 2015, he became the sole owner. He was a co-owner. He became the sole owner of Miss Universe organization by purchasing NBC's stake. But uh, he ended up selling his own interest shortly thereafter, later in 2015. And so now that's a venture that he's been part of for the last 20 years. It's a moneymaker. It's something that's bringing in revenue, millions of dollars. I believe his financial statement uh, disclosure says that it's like one to five million it's not a huge moneymaker, but he no, no longer has that. That is gone because of what he said. And at the same time, NBC Universal completely cut ties with him as far as, as the show The Apprentice, The Celebrity Apprentice. Now, Donald Trump, when he decided to run for president, obviously couldn't be on national television on a weekly basis. That's a media bias, and if you're running for office, you can't do that. So NBC couldn't have him be the host of The Apprentice this year. So they had mutually agreed to go separate ways for this season, and they brought in a new host to replace Donald Trump. But the show would go on, and if he lost or if he didn't end up running for president or got out of it, there was a possibility, due to how successful the show had been, that he could go right back to it and take over and, and go right back into that moneymaker in a year or two or four, if, it's, if it was still a, a hot item. But after these comments about Mexicans and Muslims and various other groups, some of the derogatory comments he's made about women, NBC Universal said that they don't care if he comes back or not, that he is uh, not going to be part of The Apprentice in future years. Those ties are completely severed. He will not be the host of The Apprentice anytime in the future. And that's a big blow for him because that's one of his biggest moneymakers. Now, Donald Trump says, and as we know, he exaggerates, that he made $63 million a year roughly from The Apprentice. And people with close ties to NBC Universal said it's not even minutely close to that. But you got to figure that he's losing probably 10 to $15 million a year. And if you take Trump at his own word, it would be closer to $60 million. Now, he probably still gets some kickbacks from the show in, in some regard, or he probably gets uh, licensing fees or some kind of, um, you know, when they sell DVDs or something like that in the future, he st still may get royalties. But as far as being on national television, being the guy on The Apprentice, that's not going to happen ever again. So he's basically lost that television deal, and that's a big thing for Donald Trump. That's a place where being on NBC, on national television, having his name out there is just free marketing that he's been getting for years, free publicity for Trump Tower, free publicity for his golf courses. He can have these apprentice uh, contestants go to a golf course and raise money for a charity on national television every single week at a different place, and people just see how nice his courses are, that he's doing something for charity, and in turn, that's going to drive business. So if nothing else, not just the paycheck he's losing, 
but his ability to market and use the media goes away when mega conglomerate, uh, you know, NBC Universal type companies back off. Now, obviously, those remarks mostly came from things he said about Mexican immigrants, but he also said some disparaging things about Muslim uh, Muslims and banning, you know, proposing that, you know, banning the entire religion from entering the United States. Now, in Dubai, they have a company called Lifestyle. It's a retail, uh, it's a retailer that caters to the Middle East, North Africa, and some parts of Asia. And on December 9th, after Trump said that he would ban Muslims uh, from coming into the United States, the Dubai-based retailer announced a ban of all Trump-branded home decor products in all 195 of its stores. Lifestyle CEO Sachin... Munswa said that uh, he wasn't alone in this, but he said that in light of recent statements made by the presidential candidate in the U.S. media, we have suspended the sale of all products from the Trump home decor range. I think he damaged his brand and in all Muslim company, uh, countries, said a Dubai real estate tycoon in the UAE. He also goes on to say that he insulted 1.8 billion Muslims worldwide and he has business in the Arab world, respectable Muslims would refuse to work with him. So again, part of his home decor products, he sells um, you know, decorative leather boxes, he sells uh, sofas and furnitures and, and different home decor items, mirrors, high class kind of, you know, what you would expect to find in like a Trump hotel, that kind of uh, decor. And it's high class, obviously. It's expensive. That's why, you know, the Middle East, uh, Dubai, obviously, is known as a, as a very wealthy place. And that's where this is all based out of. So he is losing that as well. And again, on his financial disclosure, they say that this, uh, this venture brings in somewhere between $1 and $5 million. Uh, we don't know if that's revenue or income. He's got it listed under a category for income. Most analysis say that he, they think he's quoting revenues and not income. So we really don't know if any of these things are, are profitable or not. When he tells us that a golf course makes $4.4 .4 million, <clears throat> we don't know if that's revenue or not. We don't know if his expenses are only $3 million and he's making $1.4 million, or if his expenses are $9 million and he's losing a boatload of money, you know, 2 or $3 million on the, uh, the venture. And so with that said, we'll look at his golf courses. Turnberry is a Scottish golf course that he has been trying to uh, or hoping would get picked as the site of the 2020 British Open. And people who had inside information with uh, people in St. Andrews and, and, and people on the committees who decide this said that the, uh, the favorite to get it would be Turnberry and that there was a really, really good chance that Trump would be able to host the tournament at Trump Turnberry in 2012. But after he made the comments about Mexicans and about Muslims and about women and about China, the UK uh, news outlet The Independent said that he could kiss those dreams goodbye. And through their sources, one word was thrown around, enough. Anonymous source close to the championship committee was quoted to say. Uh, another person who was anonymous said that 2020 will not happen here. And this is important because a PGA event on your golf course, especially a major or a really large event where you have the top golfers in the world, makes a boatload of money. 
And the golf market is an interesting one in itself where, you know, there's a lot of expenses to keep a top-level golf course uh, manicured and at top-level playing conditions. And unless you have a constant stream of uh, people coming in and playing, you have, uh, you know, as long as if your name or your golf course loses credibility or, you know, has some damning thing against it, it's real hard to keep those profits where they are. Uh, and we'll talk about this with Doral in just a second. But Trump has put millions of dollars into golf courses in Los Angeles, in Virginia, in Florida, in Dubai, in Turnberry. He's got 17 golf courses in total, and he's put millions and millions of dollars. He's taken out millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in loans to improve these golf courses, their clubhouse and their layouts in accordance to what the PGA Tour wants to see on in tour events in order to try to get these events at his courses. And with all these things happening with his name and brand in the PGA Tour, as we'll see in just a second, moving away from him, he has spent an enormous amount of money, put an enormous amount of money into these courses, and he probably will now not be getting back the payout that he was expecting to get, at least any time in the near future. And that's really important when we start getting into his finances. Like I said, this is going to be a few-part series. We're going to go specifically into his golf courses in a future episode. But for right now, uh, that is a very important thing. Now, <clears throat> the city of New York itself, Mayor Bill de Blasio, said that they are reviewing Trump contracts within the city that Donald Trump's remarks were disgusting and offensive and that this hateful language has no place in our city. Trump's comments do not represent the values uh, and openness that define us as New Yorkers. Our Mexican brothers and sisters make up an essential part of the city's vibrant and diverse community, and we will continue to celebrate and support New Yorkers of every background. Okay, and why this is important is because in the Bronx, Donald Trump uh, recently opened... Uh, a new golf course, and this is called uh, Ferry Point Golf Course, and it's one of the most expensive public golf courses in the history of the United States. Now, the reason the city is looking into this is because when they were making deals um, to, to let Trump develop this golf course, when they were coming up with the deal, Trump had agreed that the greens fees were going to be $100 a player on weekdays, $125 on weekends, and now he's charging $141 during the week and $169 on weekends. He also jacked up the prices for younger golfers and for older golfers um, by $20 and $40 respectively. Now, this is important because this is a publicly owned golf course, uh, and if you compare the greens fees between Ferry Point and somewhere like Silver Lake on Staten Island, the weekday peak price on Staten Island is $43. Trump is $141. Standard peak is $53. This is in uh, peak year uh, for the weekend. And it's $169 at Trump's. Seniors, $27 to $87. Juniors, $11.75 to $54. So basically, they agreed to make a deal with him that he was going to charge certain uh, greens fees, and then he reneged on that deal and jacked the prices so that the people in the Bronx that the city 
wanted the golf course to be able to cater to are now outpriced and not able to buy it, and these extra proceeds just go directly into Donald Trump's profit. So between this and various tax deals that he has, the city is not real happy with him right now, and they are looking into what they can do uh, as far as going after him for Ferry Point Golf Course. Now, it's estimated that the Macy's deal we talked about earlier may cost him about $3.2 million. Now, between 2005 and 2007, we know he made $3.2 million, but those figures are 10 years old. And it's pretty safe to say that that line of clothing has grown in uh, recognizability and brand and popularity since then. So it would probably be safe to say that he makes 3 to $5 million on that line of clothes that he's just instantly losing from the Macy's contract. Miss Universe, of course, was worth 15. He says he makes one to five on it. Uh, they, these are all his pageants worth 15. And he sold them. So even though he may have got a lump sum now, probably devalued for what it was worth uh, before he made these comments, even if he got the lump sum, that residual income that he gets every year and that ability to promote his name and brand is now gone. <clears throat> At the same time, the Celebrity Apprentice deal, $32.5 million. This is uh, what a estimation was given uh, because he said that he made 65 a year and they said it wasn't true. They said the people at The Apprentice said that's not even close, so the person who was evaluating this report said that they gave him the benefit of the doubt and gave him half, which was 32.5. Probably still overvalued. It's probably more like 10 or $15 million that he's losing. But again, Celebrity Apprentice is gone. Another way that he can market his name, another place that he's, he's well-known, another place that he makes good money, it's a, a profitable business, very easily profitable. He shows up, he shoots the show, it makes money, makes a lot of money. That's gone. So quite a few of his big, uh, you know, big projects have taken hits. Now, at the same time, Trump Taj Mahal closed, or I'm sorry, Tr Trump Plaza closed in 2014, and Trump Taj Mahal was sold to Carl Icahn, one of his friends, one of the guys actually who donated a million dollars to his veterans cause that he was in the news for recently. Now, <clears throat> Trump Plaza, um, you know, Trump Plaza and Trump in Atlantic City was well known for a long time. I mean, that was where Mike Tyson had his fights. It was a really big deal. It was a really big part of Trump's brand, his casinos, his early hotels in the 80s and 90s. And these, of course, are where his bankruptcies happened. But in having to get rid of the last two casinos in the last few years, again, that is revenue that he had coming in that's now gone. That's name recognition. That's a city that essentially he is not in anymore. Now, Carl Icahn at this time has chose to leave the name as Trump Taj Mahal, but we can expect that in the future that will probably change because <clears throat> right now around the world almost every building that has leased the trump name are looking at getting out of this a deal in some way or than another in vancouver mayor gregor robertson added his voice to a letter that was sent to the developer of trump tower in vancouver uh, called Holborn Holdings, asking them to drop the Trump name because it does not fit with the city's brand of inclusiveness, accept uh, acceptedness, and multiculturalism. More than half the Canadians that have been polled online 
uh, say that they want the Republican presidential candidate's name removed from the skyscrapers in both uh, Toronto and Vancouver, according to a new poll. 56% of Canadians say the Trump name should not continue to appear on buildings in Canada's major cities in light of recent controversial remarks made on the campaign trail about Mexicans and Muslims. 60% of the people in Vancouver in another poll said that they should take the name down or they should get out of the deal. In Toronto, the numbers were higher, where 71% of people in the city want to see the name removed from the skyline. <clears throat> the Daily Mail news outlet reported that people living at Trump Plaza in Palm Beach, Florida, have also demanded a referendum for the removal of Trump's name, saying that after his contentious remarks on Muslims, some of the residents no longer want to be associated with the real estate tycoon. Uh, they're afraid that they're losing value in uh, in property that the investments and in property that uh, he has sold to certain residents there. That people are even embarrassed to say that they live in a, a building with a Trump name on it. Residents at Trump Tower in Chicago said that they feared that they may be targeted for a terrorist attack because of the buildings linked that are linked to Donald Trump. I'm worried about a terrorist attack against the building. I wish he'd shut up, said an employment lawyer who owns an apartment in the Trump International Hotel and Towers in Chicago. Another woman in Chicago said that she was also uh, embarrassed. She wanted to remain anonymous, anonymous because she was embarrassed to admit to anybody that she lived in a place with a Trump name on it. Now, Donald Trump Jr. saw this coming before it came out and before it happened. He actually said that in 2014, when it was uh, being floated that Trump may run for president or announce in the coming months, what ended up being a year later, Donald Trump Jr. said he will be out there and he will question things in a way that you don't see politicians doing anymore, certainly not anyone that has a brand like him. There could potentially be ramifications to his business for taking these substances, or stances, I'm sorry, taking these substances, taking these stances. So it was, uh, you know, they saw it coming and they knew that there was a chance that by what he said could really increase his business and brand or it could really hurt it. And as we're looking at here in this podcast, his brand has been hurt quite a bit. Now, Talon International is a property developer that actually owns um, the land where Trump Tower Toronto is. And executives there want Trump's name removed, not only the residents, uh, but also the executives, saying that the businessman has damaged his brand. So, Talon International is saying that by working with Donald Trump, his brand has been uh, damaged uh, with harsh positions that Trump has made on minority groups in his bombastic presidential campaign. A lawyer for Talon said that customers in Toronto are no longer interested in the Trump brand and Trump plans to sue them. Now, Trump's plan to ban Muslims in the United States has also gone as we saw earlier, over to the Middle East, into Dubai, where uh, Lifestyle decided to cancel his home decor. But more importantly, a developer, Darmac uh, Properties, Damac Properties, has a multi-million dollar deal 
with a Trump golf course and a gated community and even a thing called the Trump Spa. Now, after these comments were made about Muslims, a billboard near the Akoya uh, property that DeMac owns took off Donald Trump's picture and the words Trump. And a photographer noticed this and sent it to the media. And the words Trump International uh, Gold Club had been removed from the sign. So, <clears throat> essentially, DeMac said to the Associated Press that uh, Trump's proposal to ban Muslims led Trump Tower's Istanbul to second-guess ties with Republican presidential hopeful. They were assessing the legal dimension of our relationship with Trump brand and Trump Towers, and DeMac did the same thing. They were essentially doing the same thing in Dubai. So we've got Trump Towers Istanbul that's pulling his name, looking into getting out of it. Toronto, Trump Towers Vancouver, people in Chicago, people in Palm Beach, um, people in Dubai. All of these different groups wanting to get out of the name Trump and saying that their brand has been hurt and that they don't want to have anything to do with this guy. Now, of course, Trump also has a new hotel coming in D.C., the old D.C. post office. And it's really a doozy, and we'll get into this later, uh, as far as how he got the property. He basically won the bid with no money down. He's got a lease that doesn't start until the property's finished. He used the lease he got with the U.S. government, that's $3 million a year that he pays to the U.S. government. He used that as collateral to get a loan to pay to renovate the property. So thus, nothing's coming out of his pocket the whole time. If he defaults on the loan, uh, the bank gets the property, and everybody's happy. So really, there's no risk to him if he can just start the business and it makes money. Um, he's basically getting in the door free on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, protesters have gone to D.C. and they want Trump's name removed from this D.C. building and this uh, proposed hotel he's doing. He doesn't like Hispanic people, said Alex Amenez, who's a Uber driver who moved from Bolivia 15 years ago. Uh, he wants to let the world know who he really is, who Donald Trump really is. Now, they've had various protests at this location, which is on Pennsylvania Avenue in New York, in, uh, sorry, in Washington, D.C. And Donald Trump actually had a Spanish restaurant that was going to be inside the Trump, D.C., the proposed Trump, uh, D.C., I'm trying to find my notes here. But uh, <clears throat> Trump's recent statements disparaging immigrants make it impossible for my company or I to move forward with the opening of successful Spanish restaurant in the Trump International Upcoming Hotel in Washington, D.C. More than half my team is Hispanic, and more, and more, more importantly, most or many of our guests uh, as a proud Spanish immigrant and recently naturalized American myself, I believe that every human being uh, deserves respect regardless of their immigration status. Now, this was a uh, celebrity chef, Jose Andres. And this is a million-dollar deal that Donald Trump had with him to be the, ma the main chef in this restaurant. And after the comments, obviously, the chef feels like he can't run a successful business in that restaurant after these comments have been made. Now, this wasn't the only restaurant uh, 
or chef that cut ties with Donald Trump. Iron Chef Jeffrey Zakarian, Zakarian, I'm sorry, um, announced also and he, the same thing. And he said that in recent statements surrounding Mexican immigrants, uh, Donald, by Donald Trump, do not any way align with my personal core values. Zakarian said in a statement, in light of this, I am unable to move forward with my restaurant in the Trump International Hotel. Zakarian Hospitality employs many immigrants from all nations all over the world. I look forward to continuing this business in my future restaurants, uh, culture in my future restaurants. We built uh, a nation from immigrants, my family included, and we're not going to go away from that. So again, he can't get people that are from Hispanic backgrounds to start or continue businesses or Muslim backgrounds to do business with them anymore because people are so offended by what he has said while on the campaign trail. Now, another kind of minor funny point is the FFA, the Federal Aviation Administration. On Thursday, this is July 9th of last year, the FFA announced that it would be renaming three navigational points or fixes near PBI Airport, Palm Beach International, that had been named in Trump's honor by an air traffic controller in 2010. So these little points on the maps are uh, basically in the name Donald, D-O-N-L-D, no A, Trump, T-R-M-M-P, no U, and you fired, U-F-I-R-D, well, without the E. And the FFA is taking steps to rename three fixes near PBI, said the agency. In general, the FFA chooses names that are non-controversial and relate to the areas where the fixes are located. So before he got into the birtherism, before he became a political joke, and before he started ruining his brand, an air traffic controller in the area decided to label these points in Trump's honor. Everybody thought it was cute and funny. It was non-controversial. Now he's made controversial remarks, and the FFA is taking away those points on a map, which doesn't hurt him financially, isn't a business venture or anything like that, but it does uh, hurt him in the long run. Now, a few things have happened as far as other golf courses and various ventures that Donald Trump's involved with. First of all, ESPN had a celebrity, an SB Celebrity Golf Classic that was to take place at Trump National Golf Club in LA, and they moved that golf course, the golf tournament last summer to Pelican Hill. We decided it was appropriate to change the venue and are grateful for the opportunity to stage the event at Pelican Hill on a short notice, the company said in a statement. Um, basically, they don't say Trump by name, but they do say that uh, it's important to minority populations, including Hispanics and African Americans, their causes are. Our decision reflects our deep feelings for our former colleague, Stuart Scott, and support uh, the inclusion from all sports fans, diversity and inclusion are core values at ESPN, and our decision also supports that commitment. Now, hours later, the PGA announced that they were pulling one of their tournaments that they had promised to Trump from that same golf course. Um, so he lost two events at that same course with, within a matter of days. Um, <clears throat> the PGA was going to go to Trump's National Golf Club in Los Angeles October 19th through 21st uh, last year, and it was going to be a 36-hole exhibition event 
that was going to bring the winners of the four major tournaments together to compete. So it's a pretty big event. You're going to have big-name celebrities, big-name golf uh, pros in this event. And this was uh, titled PGA of America's Grand Slam of Golf event. And in recent days, this was um, from last summer, at least three high-profile celebrity events announced they were leaving Trump courses. ESPN's SB Celebrity Golf Classic, uh, the LA Galaxy soccer team's fundraiser that was scheduled to be uh, in, uh, at this golf course in October, and Ricky Martin, the singer, said that he would not hold a charity event that he had scheduled at Trump International Golf Club in Puerto Rico. So again, you've lost the, the celebrity golf event with ESPN. You've lost the MLS's Major League Soccer's LA Galaxy event. You've lost Ricky Martin having a charity event at, in Puerto Rico. You've lost your PGA World Championship of uh, Grand Slam of Golf event with some of the highest profile people. This is a place where he spent money, Trump International Los Angeles, to get the course ready for these tournaments, and now he has lost it before it came. So he expected money to come in, quite a bit of money, and he instead went out and put millions of dollars into something that never came to fruition. So obviously that's, that's a pretty big hit to uh, somebody like Donald Trump who loves golf and has, like I said, put a lot of money and time into trying to promote and, uh, his courses to become regular PGA Tour stops. Now, the PGA of America now says that it will uh, not comment until later about two other tournaments that Trump has scheduled. In 2017, the Senior PGA Championship is scheduled for Virginia, and in 2022, the PGA Championship in New Jersey uh, were both scheduled to go to Trump golf courses. And uh, a spokesperson for the PGA says, going forward, we will continue to make decisions based on a strong commitment to diversity and inclusion. So the 2022 uh, tournament, that's six years away. That's a long way off, and I don't think we're going to hear anything, any major decisions about that anytime soon. But the golf tournament that's taking place in 2017, that's the Senior PGA Championship. That's a major event. And if Donald Trump loses that event, because it's in 2017, so we're going to know sometime before probably the presidential election or before the end of the year, if nothing else, that he is going to have that, that tournament 100% or not. Again, if he loses that tournament, that is a absolutely huge um, blow to Donald Trump. Again, at Doral, which when you look at his financial disclosure, Doral Golf uh, Course in Miami is the course where he reports that he makes the most income. Now, there is a Trump hotel on the property and the um, income is or the revenues are not not divided based on how much comes from the golf course and how much comes from the hotel. So we really don't know. But he listed at forty nine point eight million dollars, fifty million dollars roughly. Now, the thing about Doral is that Doral has been essentially one of the fifth majors, one of the biggest golf tournaments uh, around the country since the 60s. For 40, 50 years, this tournament has been a very big deal for professional golfers. And when Donald Trump bought it in 2012, I don't think the PGA had any inkling that in just a couple years they would be leaving 
Doral to go to Mexico City uh, of all places. But this is what has happened. Cadillac sponsorship was ending regardless, and they reported that it, they had little interest in renewing that sponsorship, whether or not Donald Trump was involved or not. So it's not necessarily, at least on the surface, they're not saying that it was him. But they decided not to uh, re renew their sponsorship. Now, the Miami Herald says that losing of title sponsorship, whether a sporting venue or any event these days, is pretty common. Being unable to replace one, especially for a popular golf tournament with international reach and half a century of history, is extremely uncommon. And that's the first thing I thought when I heard this is that, oh, if Cadillac's not going to sponsor it, there's probably 50 other major corporations that could sponsor this, no problem, and they will gladly slide in and take over for this. But because of the comments he made, nobody wanted to come in and take up uh, that responsibility and tie their brand to Donald Trump's brand. And as uh, Paul Stan uh, Hanley wrote for Slate before the tournament this year, Trump puts a lot of money into refurbishing golf courses like Doral to get golf's leading bodies to clasp hands with him. And he predicted back in March that major tours would begin to disavow Trump's statements uh, and still allow the tournaments to play on his courses. But it appears that as time has gone on, they are not able to completely disavow this, and they're having to cut ties uh, specifically. And essentially, the PGA Tour is uh, looking at Donald Trump as a friend that they cannot afford to keep much longer. So they took this golf course without a title sponsor and moved it to Mexico City, and they're going to call it the World Golf Championships Mexico City instead of the World Golf Championships Doral effectively ending 40-something years of a tournament in the, you know, the signature of a pin, moving a tournament quickly, and Donald Trump lost his biggest moneymaker in golf. Now, like we said, we don't know how much comes from the hotel, how much comes from the golf, but that's the tournament that he had that was a regular tournament that basically none of his courses ever got approved for a PGA Tour event until... LA and that was taken away from him so when he bought Doral he knew if I buy Doral I will always have this event that will be a big money maker and then by what he said he has lost that so he bought the thing to be in the public eye to get a bunch of press to every year be on television for the Doral World Player Championships and he just lost that so just like the uh, Celebrity Apprentice just like various other ventures where he got free media attention and got to be on television and made millions of dollars, he lost that because of these comments about illegal immigrants, women, the Chinese, Mexicans, uh, Muslims, you name it. Basically, everybody but white men he has talked down to during this election cycle. Now, NASCAR also had an event that was scheduled to take place at Doral's banquet room. And NASCAR spokesperson David Higgin said that we looked at everything and we, we saw coming down the road and what we heard from our sponsors and our partners and what we feel we should be doing. And that's what led us to make this decision today to not have our annual award ceremony at Trump Doral. So again, this is just a basically one-time uh, fee that the NASCAR organization 
NASCAR pays Trump to use his building, but they lost that. And, and Trump has, in his defense, come back and said that I, I don't believe they got all of their security deposit back, so he got free money. And he was kind of bragging that now I'll rent it out to somebody and I'll get paid twice on the same night. Kind of like it's nothing off his back. But in reality, he had a great deal with a company like NASCAR where this event would be shown again throughout the media on national television. Uh, and he had a good tie with, the, uh, with a major sports industry, a major uh, group. And that has been blown and, and tossed out the window. Now, part of this is because of Marcus Lemonis, who is the CEO of uh, Camping World, who is a NASCAR sponsor. And he said that my company, Camping World, uh, Good Sam, has enjoyed a long-running relationship with NASCAR, and I believe the vision of our companies both embody family, respect, unity, camaraderie, and diversity. These sentiments are at the core of what our country stands for and will continue to embrace. Last year, our NASCAR Camping Truck World Series award ceremony uh, were held at Trump National Doral in Miami, and due to recent and ongoing blatantly bigoted and racist comments from Donald Trump in regards to immigrants from the United States, I would like to inform you that I will not, nor will any of my represent, uh, representatives from the camping world, participate or attend in the ceremonial event if it is held at any Trump property. Okay, so <clears throat> because of the because of the uh, outpouring of negative publicity that came at Donald Trump, because of this, NASCAR chose to listen to the CEO and different people that had expressed their concerns, various sponsors, and he lost that gig. <clears throat> now, at the same time, Trump has a couple tenants, such as Nike Town in New York City, and as reported by Yahoo, more than 34,000 people have signed a petition that takes the things Trump has said towards women and immigrants and use that to try to dump Trump. Now, next year, in May 2017, Nike Town's lease at Trump's property will come to an end. And it has been said that they're looking at the old FAO Schwartz building in New York City. Uh, and Donald Trump says that essentially if they extend it, fine. If not, we'll lease it to someone else. No big deal to him. He can do whatever. He can find somebody else. And he probably can, but I doubt he's going to get the same amount of rent that he gets from Nike. Uh, there's only so many companies that are going to be able to utilize that space and pay the amount that Nike can pay. There's just only so many companies. So again, Nike is being pressured right now to dump Trump. At the same time, Amazon, one of the few companies that actually does sell his ties and various uh, home decor items and many of his books, have received, uh, have received a letter that uh, is written from a group that supposedly represents 1,500 Amazon shareholders and ask the CEO to stop selling all the ties and shirts and products on their retail site. This isn't about politics. Donald Trump's misogyny, racism, and outright bigotry are dominating the political news cycle, they said in a letter to the CEO. Now, not only did these 1,500 shareholders reach out to Amazon, 
But the petition also was signed by more than 13,000 customers uh, wanting them to also, or, you know, them also encouraging the business to cut ties with Donald Trump. Now, it says here that Donald Trump only sells eight items on Amazon outside of his books, which aren't very many. Uh, but you do have retailers who, uh, the deal isn't between Amazon and Donald Trump. It's actually between different retailers selling products on there or, you know, private sellers that are just selling things that they have. So uh, there are more Donald Trump products, books, et cetera, on there than just eight things or eight products. But specifically, they, wanna, they want the clear-cut tie between the two of them cut. Now, Political reported, with all this we've said, Political has reported that among people in Trump's business that, you know, he really looks to, high-value people, people making over 100 grand a year, wealthy people, the value of Trump's brand name is absolutely collapsing. A December survey of American consumer opinion fielded by a BAV consulting division, an advertising and marketing giant uh, named Young and uh, Rubicam, they're one of the largest running study brands in the world, found that since Donald Trump's run for president, the Trump brand has lost the confidence of the people who can afford to stay at one of his hotels, play at one of his country golf clubs, or purchase a home in one of his developments. It is also rapidly losing its association for the gilded traits Trump has long promoted as being associated with the essence of his business. In categories such as prestigious, upper-class, glamorous, the Trump name has plummeted among high-income consumers. Within the same group, it's also losing its connection in terms of leader, dynamic, and innovative. Quite a blow for a man who criticizes others for being low-energy and considers himself to be a trailblazer. Now, you really don't get to know a lot about Donald Trump's corporation because it's private. The Trump organization is not obligated to report any such decline or report it accurately even, but any CEO will tell you that the brand deterioration is likely to have a significant financial impact affecting sales, borrowing as far as him being able to get credit, and his ability to attract good and high-value, uh, high-quality employees. And this, of course, was a political article from a Politico article from last December saying that his brand was crashing back at that time. So the last thing that we want to get to here are bookings at Trump hotels plummet by more than half in response to Donald Trump's controversial presidential campaign. <clears throat> the quick notes here, the Daily Mail reported this, Ollie Gilman. Reservations at Trump hotels plunged by 59% via the travel firm Hipmunk. Year-on-year -year bookings fell from 1.7% to 0.7% of market share in major cities. Trump's hotel in Soho, New York, saw a huge decline in bookings of about 74%. Las Vegas, Atlantic City, Toronto, and Chicago are also struggling mightily. And a difficult first quarter could be the sign that Trump's policies are affecting his business. His market share and the amount of reservations 
are down drastically. Trump International Hotel Las Vegas is down 71%. Trump uh, Soho, 74%. Uh, let's see here. Overall, 59.3% on Hipmunk. Market share down one full percent compared to the competition. Trump's Chicago and hotel, uh, Toronto and Chicago hotels saw one-year declines of reservations of 47 and 31 percent. Trump Atlantic City, uh, which I believe he got rid of to Carl Icahn, the Trump Taj Mahal, has only a 17 percent fall. Trump International Hotel in Toronto, 47%. I believe we already said that. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. We also have uh, the only one right now that they have at doing better. The only one of his hotels that are doing better than when he announced all these uh, racist and bigoted remarks and started getting negative uh, heat in the press and media for the things he said. The only one is Trump Waikiki in Hawaii, and that one is up 4%. So obviously, if you're down 74%, 71%, 47%, 31%, and <clears throat> from the various things that we're looking at, you know, the, the, the last article about uh, his name brand taking hits, people not wanting to associate it, people trying to get his name off of their buildings, business ties being cut, not just business ties, but business ties from his best, most profitable ventures, the things he likes the most. Um, these things are crumbling right now. And from his financial disclosure, it shows that he has somewhere between 300 and $600 million in debt, uh, depending on, you know, when he, when he writes them, he'll say between 5 and $25 million or over $50 million, so we don't really know. Now, Forbes has done some good reporting and, and actual investigative work in speaking with him, and they know, for instance, uh, certain loans are $13 million. When he says it's between 5 and 25 they can tell you that as of last year, it was officially $13 million, et cetera. But there's a pretty good chance that Donald Trump has over half a billion dollars in loans and that his assets aren't anywhere near what he's claimed them to be. And like, like I said, we're going to do a multiple part series where we go specifically into the golf courses and show the hypocrisy and how ridiculously he has overvalued his uh, golf courses and how, you know, Forbes even gives him the benefit of the break to a level that these same golf courses, nobody else is selling golf courses for these prices. I mean, even the best golf courses in the world aren't selling at the rates that Forbes is giving credit for Donald Trump, which is not even the credit that Donald Trump is saying. You know, just, I'll have to explain it more, but they have an algorithm, and if the number comes out to 2.6, that means you're getting a great deal, it's a great golf course. 2.6 represents the, you know, 2.6 to, to 3 represents the best golf courses and getting the most for your money for a great golf course. Okay, Forbes gives him the benefit of the doubt at like a 2.5 to a 4 on all of them. But Trump gives himself a 4 to a 12. Okay, so 2.6 is a great thing. He gives himself a 12 on some of these and an 8, meaning that he's selling it for, you know, valuing it 12 times what the annual revenue is compared to 2.5 times. So it's just, it's, it's completely ridiculous. 
<clears throat> obviously, if Donald Trump wins the presidency, he will have enormous power and he will probably be able to parlay that into money and time. Being the businessman that he is, at least uh, the attempted businessman that he is, he probably will be able to salvage some of this. Now, I've been saying for a long time, I think he's going to have to consolidate. I think in running for president, he's going to have to get those loans down somewhere because all these hits that are taking place in his businesses, all these losses of revenue that we just named, and I mean, those are really substantial hits. All that loss of revenue means that he's going to have to keep paying these loans or risk losing his properties or golf courses or, you know, other deals that he's got worked out. And so all it takes is a couple pieces of this puzzle to fall, a couple pieces to, to go bad, and the whole thing crumbles. The whole house of cards collapses on him. Because if he doesn't get 30 million revenue from The Apprentice and he loses a few million here on this golf course and 10 million here for this and a few million for that, all of a sudden he can't afford to pay his loans, right? It's kind of like losing money, getting, you know, losing your job and you have to pay your mortgage. You got this mortgage, you make enough money to cover it. You get fired, you get another job, and now you don't have enough money to pay your mortgage. You're going to have to move out of that house. You're going to have to sell something. You're going to have to start kind of wiggling things. And right now what he's doing is he's selling, you know, penthouses for $20 million in New York. He's selling some stock for $6 million and $8 million to fund his presidential campaign to pay these vets that, you know, he lied about in different, different aspects. And eventually he's going to have to start getting rid of some of his bigger ventures. He's going to have to start selling interests in, you know, Trump Tower, in 40 Wall Street, in various buildings that he doesn't want to lose, but he's going to have to do that to continue to pay the loans on everything else he has. I mean, I said earlier half a billion. He could have upwards of a billion dollars. And it's debatable to whether Donald Trump is even an actual billionaire or not, because if you have, let's say, you know, roughly a billion and a half in assets and you have a billion in liabilities, your only net worth is only worth 500 uh, million. You're not, you know, you can't do that. And in the past, in places like with, with Forbes magazine, Trump has had a property that was appraised at 30 million that he would send documentation saying it was worth 40 million to Forbes to try to get them to add that to his net worth only to find out that secretly he had a loan taken out on it for $50 million. So when you own something that's worth 30 and you owe 50 on it, you're in the hole $20 million. You don't have a $50 million asset as far as net worth goes. Now, he's a controlling partner in that asset, and if he ever pays off the loan, which means paying $50 million off plus interest, then he owns a $50 million asset. If you own a $50 million asset and you don't owe any debt on it, then you own that. But he's been caught manipulating this for years. And at various times when uh, Forbes has pulled him off the Forbes 400 list or threatened to pull him off when he was going bankrupt or looked as though he was personally going to go bankrupt in the 1990s, which he didn't, but some of his business ventures did, they dropped him under a billion dollars and he threw a tantrum and actually wrote an article for a Los Angeles newspaper saying that, that Forbes has had a vendetta against him for years and they're trying to ruin him and make him look bad. Now, this year, at, while running for president, sitting down for 
this article that's a great article everyone should look up. It's called The Definitive Net Worth of Donald Trump. And it goes into their 33-year battle back and forth trying to find out what this guy's really worth and all the little shady things he's done to try to con them into thinking that he has more money and all the times that he's disagreed and kind of gone off the hinges on them uh, when they thought they've done really good work on this. And uh, he feels as though they treat him different than uh, every other person on the list, which doesn't seem to make sense. It seems like the only way they treat him different is they they cater to him more. They actually listen to him and look into what he's saying even more than anyone else um, because of him being so involved, because he's always sending them financial statements and things like that. And it's really easy for Trump to show you a list of his liabilities on face value and then go out and get a $150 million loan and buy stock so you already have his list of liabilities. You don't know about this $150 million loan because you've already gone over the liabilities part. Then take $150 million, buy $150 million of stock. Take that, that financial statement of $150 million in stock and go hand it to Forbes and say, look, I've got $150 million in stock and it generates this much income every year. And Forbes looks at it and says, well, we looked at his liabilities and he didn't have this liability. And here's his financial statement saying he has this, so we'll give him $150 million more to his name. But in reality, a few months later, a few years later, they find out there was this $150 million loan taken out, that stock was bought, and that the stock collapsed and he lost a boatload of money on it. Now, not just in his hotels tanking, his golf courses tanking, and losing you know, value to his brand and net worth and things like this, not only that, but it was reported in uh, March of this year that tr Trump... Uh, his his securities, his funds, 15 of 17 funds that he owns are down, and they're av down an average of 8%. So for every million dollars in funds that he owned, he's down $100,000 in the first four months of this year. So that's another way that he doesn't quite have the money that he thinks he has. And I think this is all going to catch up with him because... He hasn't backed down. He's actually doubled down on these statements that he said. Every time one of these companies says that we respectfully want to cut ties, even if they don't name him specifically by name, he comes out and sues them. He comes out and badmouths them. He comes out and says they're a terrible company, that their CEO are, are bad people, that no one should shop there, that people should boycott them. Basically just being a little child about it. And other companies that he's tied to have seen this, and they know what's coming. They know that eventually people are going to look at their company and think that their name is tied to Donald Trump. Therefore, since Donald Trump is tied to bigotry and racism, their company is going to go down with it too. And eventually, all of these brands are going to have to cut ties. All of these business partners and people are going to have to cut ties. And he's going to be left with a skeleton of what he had a couple years ago. A skeleton. And, you know, it's really important that he releases his tax returns. I don't think he will, because if we release his tax returns, we're going to, if he releases his tax returns, we're going to find out that he doesn't make as much money as he says he does. That many of these businesses that he says and golf courses and things that he says, you know, he gives us the revenue for, we're going to find out, like I said earlier, that he made $4.4 million in revenue, but they had to cut the grass. They had to pay the bartenders. They had to get golf cart carts fixed. They had to do various things, and his expenses may or may not outweigh uh, the income in every instance, 
But I guarantee you he is not making a profit on all 17 of his golf courses. With the golf course industry down 4.4%, with him losing these uh, hotel bookings and professional PGA events and such, um, there's just no possible way that he's making the money that he says he is. And the easy way for him to prove this is just simply to release his tax returns. That would be the honest way if I had $10 billion and I was deadly sure of this and I was bragging about it and wanted everyone to know, that would be the one way to prove it to people. So clearly he's hiding something. And I think personally that in the end, the decision to run for president and the things that he said while running for president will be the worst business decision that Donald Trump ever made in his professional career. And he's made quite a few horrible decisions. But this decision is going to dwarf them in comparison. And I predict that he will not win the election, that he's going to have to pay out millions of dollars in the Trump uh, University lawsuit in New York. They've got him personally liable in New York. He raised $40 million. He made a $5 million profit. I am pretty sure that they're going to get back that $40, $50 million, and that's going to come directly out of Donald Trump's pockets. That's going to come directly out of his wealth. And between that and him being having, having a fraud case pinned directly on him and all the things we've talked about in this podcast will be the unraveling of the Trump brand and organization. And I really think that in the next five years, you're going to see Donald Trump possibly in personal bankruptcy court, but you're going to see his brand completely fall apart, just at the seams, literally fall apart um, in a way that we have rarely seen in, in politics and in business in recent years. He's going to be the clown that falls the farthest. He's going to be the guy who... Literally a year or two ago, had two or three PGA Tour events. He had a mattress line. He had ties and clothes. His name was on everything. Trump steaks, Trump playing cards, Trump water, Trump vodka. He's written books. He's got a, you know, outside the birther thing, a fairly popular, um, popular brand and name, not looked upon as a complete dickhead or asshole throughout the entire world or anything. Uh, has worldwide business going on is considered a, a you know a high-class baller playboy kind of dude some people are turned off by that some people like it but at the same time his his he was doing good a year or two ago he was doing probably better than he's done in a long time because ever since his bankruptcies in the 90s he's progressively made more and more money and better and better deals and safer and safer deals and really the apprentice set him off that gave him the national exposure and guaranteed millions of dollars of income every year now nobody knows what that was but he had all that two years ago. He had all that a year ago. In less than one year, he has lost deals and ventures that he has spent 15 or 20 years trying to negotiate and work on. And that pressure and stress is part of the unraveling that you're having with him. It's part of why he's just losing it, why he's just doubling down and screaming at people in these, in these press conferences because he knows what's at stake. He knows what he put on the line and what he's losing. And wealth and money and Donald Trump's brand is the most important thing in the world to Donald Trump, and he's losing it. So you're seeing a guy who's a, 
who's got a narcissistic personality disorder and possibly other psychiatric disorders, who, who doesn't sleep very much, which is known to cause problems itself, who is losing everything he's worked for in his life while in his head trying to do something good. And like I said before, I really believe that he never had an intention to, to win the presidency. He never planned on being the nominee. All he wanted was to show up, get his name on television for free, hopefully bump up the Trump name 10%, get his sales up 10, 20%, and then drop out and make a boatload on this. Get, get on Fox News, get to write a book, you know, etc. Crippled America, the book that he wrote, has made somewhere between 3 and $5 million in proceeds. And again, he said that he was going to give that to charity. Nobody can figure out where that money's gone. It just came out today that Trump Vodka announced years ago that they were going to give their proceeds to charity, but they never did. The veterans event that happened the other day, Trump said he raised $6 million back in February when he held the event, except for he gave a million, Carl Icahn gave a million, two other of his friends gave a million apiece, and another one of his friends gave a half a million. So in the end, 4.5 of the what was to be known as $5.6 million came from Donald Trump and four of his buddies. Five people gave 80% of that money to vets. And that's not even saying that other friends of his didn't donate 100 grand or 200 grand. He just didn't announce that. We have five donations that equaled 80% of the donations that were brought in. And then he didn't cut the check himself for two months. He didn't cut, you know, he announced on the night that he had the event that those millionaires had donated. So he knew that that money was there and he chose not to write those checks for two and a half months. And then he was pressured by the Washington Post and various journalists, and when pressured to do it, he cut the checks that day. Most of the veterans' organizations hadn't even heard from him until then. So other billionaires like Mark Cuban have come out and said that they don't think Donald Trump's a billionaire. They think that he has about $100, $165 million of assets and that everything else is uh, of liquid assets and everything else is tied up in loans or hedged against something else, and that basically he's selling things to pay, to pay off other loans. He's basically using one credit card to pay off the other credit card and taking whatever change you can find in the, in the couch to, to pay it off even a little bit more. And that a true billionaire, somebody who had the kind of money he claims to have, wouldn't be doing all these little uh, small sales to raise capital. They would just have it and they would go get it. You know, you don't need to sell your PlayStation and your uh, baseball card collection and things on Craigslist if you're making boatloads of money, usually you do that when you're short on money or you want to make a little extra income. So maybe he's just making extra income, getting rid of things he doesn't use, whatever. But the analogy basically is that uh, this guy doesn't have the money he says he has at his disposal. And thus, every time a lawsuit or a charity payout or something has to happen, uh, he just basically avoids doing it and keeps the money himself, probably earning interest and dividends on it until the last possible second, and then, you know, goes ahead and does it. But uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, this podcast, we just talked about the companies he lost, and a lot of big-name companies that he's lost, that he could lose, that he probably will lose. I would assume that Amazon and Nike will leave in time, um, and, and any other major corporation, uh, Fortune 500-type company, they're just not going to put up with this. But the rhetoric towards the uh, Mexican-American judge, I should just say American judge because he's from Indiana. <laughs> he's not 
of Mexican. He's of Mexican heritage, but he's not a illegal immigrant, as Trump is trying to make him out to be. But just the comments about that, the comments on "Look at my African American over there," putting the fake African American family on his Twitter feed as you know supposed fake supporters, and they've come out and said they don't support him. The campaign is just imploding. There are nine Republican governors not going to go to the convention. Almost every former Republican nominee or presidential candidate or pick or even president is not going to go to the convention. Uh, we have, even though he's clinched the nomination, we have various senators disavowing him and unendorsing him. Today, three Republican senators unendorsed Donald Trump. Republican talking heads and pundits like Joe Scarborough said that it's time for Republicans to cut ties with them or you're basically lying in the bed that you made. If you want to save your political career, it's time to get out of the Donald Trump bandwagon and, and go a different direction, take the high road. Almost every Senate candidate who is in a competitive race has backed away from Donald Trump. They won't address him. They won't mention him by name. They're not going to go to the convention. That's unbelievable that, that they've distanced themselves uh, from him so much. So we're going to have a couple more podcasts going into his financials and things that have gone down. Um, in recent weeks, but it's almost just, it's amazing. Every day there is a, you know, 15 new stories that just blow your mind. And it's almost like this guy is trying to lose the election. I mean, no rational person would say these things. You would think he could fake it better than he's doing. I mean, it's one thing to be politically correct and to not like people being politically correct and being fake in that way. And there's another thing in just being a complete jerk, asshole, racist bigot. And he got a lot of press and a lot of respect from his voters by not being politically correct. And so he wants more respect and more praise. So he's doubled down and gone harder on these terms and on these phrases and by, by you know, attacking minorities. And at the end of the day, it has backfired drastically, not only in his polling numbers recently, his chances of winning the presidency, but as we talked about, his business, his brand, they are tanking on a level that most people haven't seen a brand tank in a very, very long time. And I predict that if this keeps up much longer, he's either going to drop out of the race to try to save his wealth and brand, or in a few years, you're going to see Trump businesses being sold, foreclosed on, uh, his companies are going to go bankrupt, and he may even go personally bankrupt, depending uh, on how bad it actually got and how bad these loans are and, and what he's really saying. Because like I said earlier, we don't really know if these numbers are accurate. He's not required. He's just kind of throwing out numbers, and we know he exaggerates everything. So even in giving him the benefit of the doubt, I kind of expect that it's exaggerated. So with that said, everybody be good. We'll be back with another round of Donald Trump. Uh, financial situations and, and business ventures and deals and looking kind of at his net worth from a different angle in future podcasts. If you like the video, like the video. Um, if you like our channel and what we're trying to do, please subscribe. And everybody be good. We love you. Peace. We're out.